All right, for the last few weeks, nine weeks minus Remembrance Day, we have talked about enthusiastic followers. Does anyone remember what an enthusiastic follower is? A hockey fan with the paint on his chest and on his face. I was going to put some pictures up there, but I want to keep it to our imagination, and quite frankly, some of them really weren't that good. Especially when we got to the second one, which was the secret admirer. Now, I googled secret admirer, and most of them were kind of creepy pictures, so, or a creepy font. You know, side note, fonts matter. The type of writing that you do matters. For example, Valentine's Day, you could have a nice, lovely font that says, be mine, or you could have it with drooping blood and say, be mine, you know. Not romantic that way. We talked about enthusiastic fans or true followers. The second week, we talked about secret admirers or publicly public followers. Talked about a man named Nicodemus, who was a religious leader who actually really liked the things that Jesus had to say. He actually really enjoyed the way Jesus lived his life. And he, at the end of Jesus' life, took a step of faith and made a public declaration, made a public act declaring that he was a follower and not a secret admirer. Uh, the third week we talked about knowing God, all about God, versus actually knowing God. You know, I could know all about somebody. I could go look at a famous person, and I could read all about them. I could watch all of their movies or hear all of their songs. I could know every lyric to their songs. But do I really know that person? Of course not. Am I over at their house? Am I, do I have that knowledge? And it's the same thing. We can either choose to know everything there is to know about God, or we can choose to know God himself. We can choose to know all about God, or we can choose to actually know God. And it's not that hard. Jesus makes it really easy for us to know God. It's why Jesus came to this earth. And then we had the best speaker ever. We had Elizabeth speak. We had Elizabeth speak, and she talked about the cost of following Jesus. The cost of following Jesus. And by the way, you can always go to our website and listen to these messages and videos again. Just thenorthshore.church, and you'll see on demand all these things. You can watch it. If you can't find it, let me know. I'll send you the link. And then we spent two weeks talking about following the rules or following Jesus because sometimes we get so interested in following the rules that we're no longer following Jesus because we're trying to follow the rules. And sometimes we put things in place that maybe they were intended for good, but they're actually separating us from Jesus. And it's exactly what the religious leaders of the day tried to do. They tried to keep people from getting to God could you imagine if Pastor Gary did everything he could to keep you from actually getting to God? I would be a really bad pastor. It would be horrible. Could you imagine if people who followed Jesus did everything they could to keep people from following Jesus, the giver of life, the savior of the world? No, he's called us to be a bridge to the world. That's why he says, you'll be my hands and my feet. It's why he says, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will give you a helper. I will give you a comforter. I will fill you with my spirit so that other people will know about me. They will know the hope that they come, that comes with me. And so last week, I thank you so much for your grace. Last week, it was kind of chaos. I locked everything in the office. I had to speak without notes which I get distracted easily, so it's hard to get back on topic and I'm back on track. Thank you so much for your grace and just with everything else. Really appreciate it. But we, through the chaos, which is really ironic, 
in a week that was sort of hard to follow, we talked about listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. What better example than when to push through? Because believe it or not, there are, there's an enemy that doesn't want us to actually hear from God. Believe it or not, there is an enemy at work that does not want us to connect with God. And so he throws distractions our way. He tempts us with things. And so what better week than a week full of distractions to talk about listening to the voice of God? It's why it's important if we want to hear from the Holy Spirit to sometimes turn off the phone, turn off the TV, go into the bush, whatever. Take a minute, take, take some time, set some time apart, put it in the calendar to hear from God himself. Spend some time reading the Bible because those are the words of God ready for us to partake in what he has to say. And so here, are you ready this morning? Are you ready this morning? All right, I'm going to ask you, and then when I ask you to share, I'm going to really make it hard for you. I'm going to give you a microphone to talk into as well. All right? Who here heard from God this week? And here is my statement of faith that I believe that you did. Who here has something they want to share? They believe that God spoke to them this week. God is our help in times of trouble. Don't be afraid to listen to the voice of God. God is in control. And the list goes on. Now, again, a couple texts. I won't continue to read them all, but I will post some of these things on Facebook without, any, without any, too many names. But also another message came in, God's timing is perfect. If God continues to share something with you, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with the world. Because that's kind of what being a follower is all about. God didn't save us for our own enjoyment. He saved us so that he would use us to bring others into his family, to bring others into his kingdom. So, I believe that God is doing something new in us all the time. I believe that God is always changing our hearts, bringing us closer to him. Uh, because... Uh, just like we started in September 6th, our first Sunday in person, I, I preached from Matthew, and Jesus talks about how you don't put new wine in old wineskins because they can't handle it. And just as Jesus has been changing my life, as I believe Jesus has changed your life, the old self, our old selves, who we once were, they can't handle the new us. They can't handle the presence of God inside of us. It's okay, Rebecca, she might, she can't eat anything in there anyway, so... Our old selves can't handle the new us. And so if you look in a mirror and you might think, maybe physically I look the same, but there's something different on the inside, it's because God has done something new to you. God has done something new, and he doesn't want us to go back to the way we were. He's called us forward into something that he has created because it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives inside of me. And I think... So many times we try to do things on our own strength because of pride. At least that's how I do things. I do things my way, and I think I can do it. I, I, I never liked asking for help as a child. I tried to do things my way because of pride. And the entire time, my entire life, Jesus has been saying to me, Gary, it's time to pull up your socks, swallow some of that pride, and do things my way. Let me help you. Let me do it because what I have for you is far greater than what you have for me. That sometimes following Jesus is a difficult choice. 
Jesus makes it easy to get to the Father. We just say, follow me and I'll lead you to the Father. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But following Jesus requires us to make a decision. And sometimes people in our lives don't like that decision because they have a number of different reasons. One, because maybe they're, they're jealous. Maybe they want control over your life. And three, a lot of it's because they just don't understand what's taking place. And so... Following Jesus is a big decision. It's hard because we, we want to do things our way, like that two-year-old I talked about. There are things that we want, and I want them, and I want them now. And yet Jesus says, don't worry about those things. I'm, I'm taking away those things because you don't exist for you anymore. You exist for me, and you exist for my glory. So everything that you do, do out of love for God. Today is decision day. We've talked about the enthusiastic follower, the secret admirer. We talked about knowing about God versus knowing God and so on. Today we have to decide, are we really going to follow Jesus? Are we going to act the way that we say we are? Are we going to be who we declare ourselves to be? If we are followers of Jesus, if we are Christians, are we truly following him? Today is decision day. The question I ask is, do you know Jesus? And does Jesus know you? And I don't just mean know about, I mean know, know. Do you really know? Now, I'm going to jump back here before I get too lost. Why do you believe you are a follower of Jesus? You don't have to answer out loud, but answer that question in your head. Why do you believe you're a follower of Jesus? If you would call yourself a Christian, why do you believe that you're a follower of Jesus? I believe I'm a follower of Jesus because fill in the blank. Have I determined that I'm a follower based on what I say or based on how I act? Because how many know it's easy to say one thing and then act another way or do something else? We don't like those kinds of people. No one does. We see right through it all the time. I try to be as real with you as I can. It's kind of why I stop and parent in the middle of church sometimes. It's about as real as you get when you get Pastor Gary. My weaknesses, my strengths, my weaknesses, God's strength, all of it, all at the same time. I do my best to be as, as real as I possibly can. Because I'm human. God's still working in me. But how do we determine if we're a follower of Jesus? What we say and what we do, how we live, is ultimately the evidence of what we say we truly believe. In other words, how James puts it in his book, he says, faith without works is dead. Now, let's pause there for a minute, uh, because it's not about works either. You can't have faith without works, but you can't do works and have faith. You can do all the right things and still not believe in Jesus. You can do all the right things and still not be a true follower of Jesus. You can say I'm a follower because, hey, I go to church, I read my Bible, I said something nice to someone, I gave money to the church. We can come with all of this list of things that try to determine whether we're a follower of Jesus or not, but... If it's not who we are in the inside, it's not really going to matter because that just means we're saying one thing and doing the other. Do you know Jesus and does Jesus really know you? It's not just about the works that we do. Here's another question for us. If I am not saved or a follower because of my works, 
If it's not by my actions, how am I saved? How do I call myself a child of God? What separates the real from the fake? What separates the real from the fake? How do we know if you're an authentic follower of Jesus? Well, here are the words that Jesus shared with his disciples, and this is what he said. He said, they will know you are my followers. He said, you will know, the world will know that you are my followers by how much you love. By how much you love. What separates the real from the fake? The answer is love. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. We are saved because of what God said, and we're saved because God did what he said he was going to do, and he provided a savior to cover our sins. We are saved because God did what he said he would do, and he loved us unconditionally. Even though we were separated from the love of God, even though by us not following, doing the things that we want to do, doing the things that the two-year-old inside of us wants to do, even though we've done those things, or we've said things, or maybe we've said things against God himself, he chose to love us, and he continues to love us, and he welcomes us to be his children through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Jesus gave his life so that we would not have to die as a punishment for our wrongdoing or our sin. We don't have to pay the price of what it costs our sin, of what our sin costs. We don't have to pay that price. And so if we don't have to pay that price because God loves us, he says, you will, they will know you're my followers by how you love. And Jesus says in John chapter 14, this is what he says right here. John chapter 14, he says, If you love me, keep my commands. Now, he doesn't say keep my commands and make it look good. He says, no, keep my commands if you love me. It's a lot easier to serve somebody that, and, and to get behind something that you are in favor of, that you support. It's a lot easier for me to support my wife because I love her than if she was just a stranger on the street. I might cheat her on from the sidelines. But because I love her and I've dedicated and made a commitment and a covenant with God, and because I love her, I will do whatever it takes to see her do whatever it is that God calls her to do. And Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. And what are his commands? They're simple. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength. And he says, equally as important, if you truly love me and want to keep my commands, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Treat others the way you want to be treated. If you are a follower of Jesus, there is evidence in our lives that we love the way that Jesus loved unconditionally, regardless of the color of someone's skin, regardless of the way they talk, regardless of the way they look, regardless of their gender, regardless of where they're from, regardless of how much money they make or what kind of career they have. He says, love, 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 love. 
If you love me, keep my commands. How do we know if we're a follower of Jesus? It's evidenced in the way that we love. Any questions? Am I a follower of Jesus or am I a fan? Do I love like Jesus loved? You could continue to read in John chapter 14, and he talks about how he loves his father and his obedience to and he's obedient to his father. He continues to say, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. He says, I'm leaving this world. My father is sending you a helper, a comforter. We talked a little bit last week about that. He sent us the Holy Spirit. Because how many know there are some people in this world that it's really hard to love? It's true. And so what do we need to do to love those people? We need God's divine power living inside of us to actually show the kind of love that those people need so that they know that God loves them. Because when somebody knows that they're loved by you, it's a lot easier for them to believe they're loved by God. You know, as, as people that now, that, now that you guys all attend church, now that it's on camera, you walk by the camera, people know that you attend church. And so then they're going to look at you through a different eyes and say, if you really go to church, do you really love God? And if you really love God, then the way that you treat me must, must reflect the way God thinks of me. By association, you become an ambassador. True love equals willing obedience. True love equals willing obedience. God doesn't give us rules to make our life miserable. He doesn't give us boundaries because he doesn't like us. No, he gives us boundaries. He gives us rules. He gives us parameters. He gives us commandments to help us love him more, to protect us, to keep us safe, to show the world what it means to love. Am I a follower of Jesus? Then love, 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 love. I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but they certainly got it right. All you need is, you got it. There you go. All you need is, all you need is, a little louder. All you need is, am I a follower of Jesus? Yes, I am. Why am I a follower of Jesus? Because I love the way he loved me. I don't always get it right. I make mistakes along the way, and he loves me regardless. And so when someone does something wrong to me, when someone who is my lifelong enemy and nemesis, I choose love. Because he first loved me. One of my songs called Give Me Faith, you can listen to it later. You can look it up on YouTube or Spotify. It's called Give Me Faith. The course goes, or the bridge rather, goes It's really simple. It says... Because I may be weak, your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will. I may be weak, your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will. We have hope today because it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. Even when I fail, God will never fail. Even when I fall short, God will always measure up. And so I pray today that God would come alive inside each and every one of us in a way that we haven't seen before so that the world knows that there's hope out there, so that the world knows that they don't have to live in fear of dying from a new virus. 
that they don't have to worry about dying from cancer, that they don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because there is a God who loves them and no matter what happens, there is a heavenly home waiting for them. I believe that we can have peace on this earth without having to look to heaven, that we can have joy today in the middle of our suffering. And I believe that because God has come alive inside of me. I am not the person I once was. I am a new creation in Christ. God has changed me. It's why it's on the wall. God is changing me. So today, I can make this really easy and make myself feel good. And I can say, if you're a follower of Jesus, get up and leave. And all of you will get up and leave because it's time to go. But if you are a follower of Jesus today, I'm going to suggest you stand up, shout amen, and then leave. So let me pray for you. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the time that we have spent here together. I thank you for this season, O God, of your grace being showered upon us, Lord, in these times that we need it most. Give us, O God, the ability to love the way that you have loved us. Lord, help us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. Help us, God, to stand firm in our faith and believe that you are the Son of God, that you are the King of kings, that you are the Lord of lords, that Jesus is Lord over all the earth, that Jesus is King over all the earth. Help me to remember, O God, and remind me that I am yours first, that I belong to you. Give me the strength of your Holy Spirit. Give our church, give the people in this room, those watching online, give us the strength of your Holy Spirit to remind us that we are your children, that we are your hands and your feet. We are your ambassadors, O oh God. Help us to love like we've never loved before. Help us to pray for those who have hurt us, who have wronged us. Help us to love those who are against us. Let us love like we've never loved before. Fill us, O oh God, with your spirit, I pray. In your name, everybody stood up and said, Amen. Amen.